Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family. What's up, team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. So here's the deal. If you are the sales professional or solopreneur that is using media to drive engagement, to drive sales, you're going to want to listen to this show because we have a TV personality, a media expert to deliver fantastic information on how to maximize, and let's be honest, catapult your commissions. Let me tell you about my guest today, Ileana Capiana. Did I say that right? Ileana Capion, but you made Capillon. it rhyme, which was cool. That's even better. Ileana <laughs> Capion is a TV personality, media professional. She's with us here locally. We're in our home studio in Bakersfield, California. Ileana, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad to have you here. So, fun fact. Let's tell a little bit to the Catapult Commission's family your background. I know when I say TV personality, right? Yeah. That can be really robust. It can be really micro. So give us Absolutely. a little background on your story. Yeah. So it's interesting because as a TV personality, like, yeah, I've been on camera. I've been, but I've also been behind the scenes as well. So I started my um, TV career behind the scenes working in TV production in LA uh, straight out of college. It was kind of like, it was a thing to do, you know, like I, I graduated with a degree in broadcast media and I wanted to do this. I wanted to be on the screen and on the air and talking to people and connecting with people. But I didn't really know how to do that. So the best way that I thought about doing it was to get behind the scenes and get kind of a closer look at how TV was made. So I was working in reality TV. I've worked on a bunch of probably like your favorite shows. And if it's not yours, it's your wife's favorite shows. And you Are know, you allowed like, to say the shows? Or I can. So tell I've us. worked on uh, Real Housewives of Orange County, Vanderpump Rules, um, Meet the Frasers. Uh, what else? There's there's so many. Those were like my last couple of ones growing up. Chrisley's, which is coming back and is on E now, like just a bunch of different shows. Um, Country Ever After or Countryish. I don't know what the title ended up uh-huh. being, but it was on Netflix. So a lot of just a lot of your favorite shows on E and Bravo. That was and it was really cool because working behind the scenes, you know, you kind of get a different look at how your favorite shows are made. And especially for me, I, you know, grew up, I was born and raised in Orange County. So for my, one of my first shows to be Real Housewives of Orange County was amazing because I've grown up here my entire life. And then I was getting to experience a whole nother side of Orange County that I didn't necessarily know existed. And I wasn't aware of until the show happened. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is what the other half is doing. You know, like this is really cool. But being behind the scenes, I was uh, an associate producer for most of those shows. So what I would do was type up everything that was being said. So for example, if we were on camera right now on that show, I'd be like hidden in the corner somewhere, typing up everything that I say and everything that you say, typing that all up, um, sending it off to the network executives so that they know what happened in a day of filming. And then they make an episode out of that. So it's pretty cool. So that's exciting. So you get the inside scoop you see behind the scenes. Yeah. When do you make that transition to get in front of the camera? So for me, it was, it was hard because being in LA, you know, that that's like the top and most competitive place to be for being on TV. So, um, I did the TV production side of things for a couple of years from 2017 until, um, 2020. Wow. And it wasn't until, yeah. Cause the end of 2019 was like probably my last show. And it wasn't until then when it was like, what am I doing? I went to school to be on camera, to be a journalist, to be able to tell these stories. And yeah, I'm having fun doing this, but I have to also think about like what I actually wanted to do. What was my end goal with all of this? And so my husband and I were talking one day and he was kind of like, what are you doing right now? Because you're trying to go back into like different fields. I always say my backup field, if I hadn't done communications was, um, the health, the health field. I wanted to go back and go to school for nursing. And he was like, what are, what are you doing? Like you have your degree in something that you still have yet to like really put yourself fully forward because let's be honest, it's hard to throw yourself into something knowing that it's possibility 
to fail. So I was very scared of that. Failure was something that stopped me from doing a lot of things or the fear of failure. And one day he and I got into a very heated conversation where he was just kind of like, you're not doing what you want to do. Like, you're not going to get anywhere unless you actually try. So do something like this is what you want to do. Do something about it. And I was angry and I was like, oh, I'll do something about it. So I just started to look up all of the available positions on air in news, in local news. And we were living in LA at the time and I was like applying to positions everywhere. And I remember telling him I, I applied to probably over 30 positions. And I was like, just so you know, I applied to positions out of the state of California. And he was like, okay. I don't think that he believed me in the fact that like, I was really real yeah. about this. He's like, okay, like whatever it is, we'll, we'll make it work. And I was like, okay. When I mean like out of California, I mean like not just like Texas and Seattle. Like I applied to stations in you know, Pennsylvania in Wisconsin, Bismarck, like North Dakota. Bismarck, the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and that is how I ended up in Dothan, Alabama, which is, I moved sight unseen, had never heard of the city Dothan, Alabama. Yeah. Um, I could not have pointed out to you on a map. Like I didn't know where I was going. I know that I emailed the news director. I got an email back from him and he was like, yeah, let's set up an interview. And this happened on a Sunday. Like I applied a Sunday morning through LinkedIn, which I literally credit all of my success to LinkedIn mm -hmm. because you can connect with so many different people. But I messaged him on LinkedIn because I saw that he was looking for new reporters and he had just started at this new station. And I was like, oh, like, I'd be really interested in hearing more about what it is that you do. But also, like, I'd love for you to look at my work and tell me what I can work on. And he responded to me immediately, which I was like, well, this is weird. It's a Sunday morning, mm -hmm. mind you. And he's like, you're you have amazing potential. Like I saw your work. Why don't you apply for this new position available? And I was like, all right. So I applied for it Sunday afternoon by Sunday evening. He was like, let's have an interview on Tuesday. So it happened very quickly. I interviewed and this was at the very start of the pandemic as well. Mind you, I was working at an ear, nose and throat clinic in LA at this time. So this is the start of the pandemic. The clinic decides, Hey, we're going to start to furlough people, but we want to keep you on as our kind of like our communications liaison. Do you want to stay on? Are you cool with that? Do you feel comfortable? unknown times. So literally the time yeah. is people are asking their employees, do you feel comfortable yeah. coming into the office? And I kind of sat there and thought about it. And I was like, I'm applying to other positions, like very openly. I'm, I'm applying to other positions where I can be on camera and doing what I went to school for. And if you were to keep me on full time, you're going to end up furloughing somebody that really needs this job, needs this income to feed their family. You know, a lot of a lot of the women that I worked with were single moms and they were working paycheck to paycheck to, to be able to sustain themselves and their, their children. And so I thought of them and I was like, I can't, I can't take this from them. Even though I didn't know what I was going to be doing at that time. Like, I didn't know if I had this position. All I knew was that I had an interview. And so I told them, I was like, you know what? No, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a step back. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's, I'm gonna end my career right now with you guys. And they're like, okay, totally fine with it. So, um, I interviewed with that news director on like a Tuesday. And by Thursday, I think he was like, okay, here are some apartments in this area. Check them out. Mind you, this is like thousands of miles away. So I can't just like hop on a plane and go look at the apartments. Like everything was done online. And, um, by like the end of that week, I had accepted the position and I was going to be moving to Dothan, Alabama. Um, and that was in March and I was moving out there in April at the very beginning of April. So I gave myself two weeks to pack up everything and move my life cross country. And at the time, you know, it was just the start of work from home. So my husband was just starting to work from home. He didn't really know what the deal was going to be for, for that. So we were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to have to figure this out. Like I'll get an apartment out there. I'll take care of all of that. Like everything Alabama will be me and keep the place here in LA because we don't know what your work schedule is going to look like. So we did that for about a year. Um, and I moved out there. I remember packing up all of my clothes in like boxes and like shipping it to myself. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, I don't know how else I'm going to do this. Packing up a suitcase. And he packed himself a suitcase for like two weeks. He's like, I'm just staying out there for two weeks. That's it. <laughs> like I'm not staying out there long. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, got out there. I had to travel with travel papers because it was like in the yeah. thick of the pandemic. Um, there was literally three other people on our flight. It was just us. It was well, probably one of the best flights I've ever had because yeah. it was so open and empty. But I remember just being like, this is so weird. Like this was, it was the time when you were traveling with like 
uh, cleaning gloves yep. on yep. and the face masks made out of bandanas. And you just like, you had no idea what was going on. So um, I got out there and I was welcome to storms. Like my news director picked me up and he was like, oh, um, we, we have tornado warnings tonight. So just get into your apartment and be good. And I was like, okay, <laughs> mind you, this California girl is like, this is exciting. This is fun. <laughs> My husband, who's born and raised in Indiana and grew up with storms, was like, this is not exciting. This is not fun. Like, we need to just, do you have everything you need? Like, we have water bottles. And thankfully, I had been able to, like, Amazon prime myself things yeah. before we moved in. So, like, we were settled enough. And I remember waking up that first night at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. And I looked over at him and he was on his phone. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, do you not hear the winds outside? Like, I'm just up. And I was like, why you can't do anything about it anyways. Like <laughs> I don't understand. And he's, he's just not that person. He's like, he needs to be up. He needs to be aware of what's going yeah. on. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to roll over and go to sleep. Like this sounds good. But by the middle of April, I started my, my job as an MMJ reporter, which is stands for a multimedia journalist. And basically that means you're going to do everything. You're going to shoot, you're going to write, you're going to edit, you're going to be on camera. You're doing it all for yourself. So, um, I was out, in the middle of the roads, like shooting my own, my own mm. footage and shooting my own interviews and getting in front of the camera and shooting that all by myself. And then I'd get back to the station with a couple of hours before the showtime and edit everything and get it in like minutes before showtime and be like, okay, that's done. Now it's time to do it all over again for the next day. And you would set up your own stories. You'd set up um, your own interviews, everything. You had to pitch story ideas every morning. So I'd come in at nine o'clock in the morning. We'd have our pitch store, our pitch meeting at nine and by like 10, you're out the door trying to go get those stories and you have to be back in time to give yourself time to edit everything. And for anybody that knows anything about editing and the creative process, it takes a while. It's not just yeah. like shoot and there you go. You're ready to put that on TV. You have to shoot. You have to edit. You have to edit the audio. You have to make sure it looks correct. Um, there's a lot of little steps to it. So I would normally try to get back into the station by like 2.30, 3 o'clock at the latest. That gives me like two hours to write my entire story, record the audio parts of my story that I need to, to be able to tell the story fully and then turn it in in time for the five o'clock newscast. And so it was, it's stressful and it's, it's really fast paced. But after a couple of like months doing day side, that normal shift, I shifted to the night shift. And so then I was doing the same thing, but I was coming in at two and I would be off at 11 PM. And, um, Shortly after that, then it was like, okay, well, we need you to fill an anchor and sit at the desk and, and host the shows. And that was really fun. I loved that because that was the time where I felt I really got to connect with the community. Mm -hmm. Being out in MMJ was really fun because you're in the community and you're getting to know these people. But anchoring is completely different because mm -hmm. you really are with these families and with the community every single day, right? Like you wake up and you feel like you know these people because you turn them on your TV and you get to know them. or at night, they're on as you're cooking dinner. And like, it's just a part of the family. It's just another part of the family. So that was really fun. Um, and it gave me the opportunity to really grow in my career, to kind of grow in into the journalist and, and the TV personality that I am today. You know, it gave me an opportunity to also be myself. So news, you know, we all we all think of the hard news anchor that's yeah. just like very stonewall and, and harsh. And, and I always grasped onto the fact that I still wanted to be myself. So yes, I'm going to tell serious stories the way that they need yeah. to be told, but I also want to focus on happy and happy stories and highlighting people and, and making that side of things come to life as well. So I was able to really do that and hone in those skills. And, um, after a while there, I transferred to a station here in Bakersfield locally mm -hmm. and which was awesome for me because my family is in Southern California. Yeah. So for me, the whole goal of moving back to to California was just to be closer to family. And so I know some people are like, that's still three and a half hours. Yeah. Like it's a long drive, but it's much better than a 12 hour travel day. You yeah, know? Absolutely. So, um, I moved out here and I was working our morning show, which was crazy because I think a lot of people turn on the TV and they see these anchors and their reporters on the TV at six o'clock in the morning when they're running out the door. They're like, Oh, that's cool. They're fun. They don't realize that we've been up since one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> I stepped foot into the station at two 30 every single day or every single morning. And it was pitch black outside. Yeah. And then you start your day and your day's over with at the station by like, you know, noon, 
if you're lucky. And then you go home and you go to sleep by 6 p.m. and you do it all over again the next day. So it's a grind. It's a grind. And then um, I was lucky enough to have an opportunity to host a lifestyle show, Mm -hmm. which is where I really felt I, I don't know, I thrived because that was fully my personality. I was able to take this lifestyle show and make it everything that is me. You know, it was it was pink and it was purple and mm-hmm. it was bright and we told stories and, and we got to really get to know the community in ways that other shows weren't able to do because they're news centered. Yeah. Um, I got to focus on local business owners and people that were just trying to start off businesses, mm-hmm. you know, and really see their growth in their company um, as they as they progress their journey with us on the show. So they'd come on and they talked to me for about four to five minutes about their business and afterwards, I mean, you don't see what's off cameras, which is the relationships that I build with these people as well. So after having them on as a guest, it's like, oh my gosh, so how are things really going? You know, like, tell me about this. Or, or they, some of the local salon owners would come in and talk about different products. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, you connect with them. You actually build relationships with them and you'd see them go from their first show where they're super nervous to be on camera to then being on the show a couple of different times. And you're like, wow, look at you've really grown into who you are as a business owner, but also sharing your story on air and on TV, which is so important because being able to promote yourself is so, so crucial in, mm. in being like your own business owner, you know? Well, yeah, definitely. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, Catapult Commission's family. I want to peel some layers back here. So okay. one, I... You, you mentioned earlier the fear of failure prevented you from wanting to go from behind the camera to on in front of camera, mm-hmm. right? And and I met you, Eliana, when you were in front of camera. But I, I mean, I met you, you know, you and I are friends. We're yeah. colleagues. We speak off air. I can't picture you allowing fear to hold you back, mm-hmm. right? Which is, yeah. but here's the thing. We all deal with fear. So Catapult Commission's family, I'm telling you right now, if you are finding yourself struggling with fear in any capacity, Fear of growth of your business, fear of growth in your quota, fear of growth in whatever venture it is. You're not alone. Like we we all yeah. deal with it. You've dealt with it. You shared it on air. I deal with it consistently. I've shared the story before. You mentioned you leveraged LinkedIn. We've done tons and tons of of discussions on this show about how to use and leverage LinkedIn. Uh, if you're new to the show, Catapult Commission's family, you'll see a link in the show notes for our episode we did with Marcus Chan on how to like maximize the impact of LinkedIn. And, and I'm sure I can pick Eliana's brain on that, but she has a zone of genius that we're going to really break into. So I hear your story mm-hmm. of, of let's just, this is deal with the adversity, right? You did tons of, adver- you overcame tons of adversity or let's just say tons of risk to mm-hmm. get to the role you're in right now. Right. I love that. Now you are a TV personality, a media professional. You know, both the front end and the back end. Businesses right now, mm-hmm. the fastest growing way to get a customer and catapult your commission, hence the name of the show, is for people to fall in love with you via video. Every business owner, every sales professional sits in this, I'm going to send all these emails or I'm going to send these text messages or I'm going to post on social media and try to sell my services. And not enough people want to be on video. Video is the fastest growing way to create relationships mm-hmm. with people. Yep. So let's just talk about that video component. Whether it's being on news, being on a major TV promotion, or just being on social media, fastest growing platform. Absolutely. Every, every platform is changing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I love watching Meta, Google, go at it, TikTok, disrupting both of them. And you're seeing all of these platforms just drive this video. So for the business owners that are watching or listening to the show today that are saying, that's cool, but you too. You guys are so natural, like you're comfortable talking. You do this right. all the time. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's like that. So how does someone prepare themselves? Let's play both. Let's go mental first, and then we'll talk tactical afterwards. Yeah. How do you mentally prepare yourself to say, hey, I'm going to be on video, talking to people, trying to sell my stuff. Like, but I don't like being on camera. I mean, my wife, we've talked about this. My wife yeah. hates being on camera. Yeah. And we've, so how do you have that conversation with someone? How does someone mentally prepare to be on camera? I mean, I think first things first is, Nobody likes being on camera. Like it is uncomfortable for even those of us that are the most comfortable mm. being on camera, right? Like it's not normal to sit there and be like, I'm going to talk into this lens right here and act like everything's peppy. It's not normal. It's not. And then to have to look back at that and watch yourself. And it's, we are in a very self-critical society. And 
putting yourself out there on a platform where it is video, it it's scary, but it is so necessary. And I think that what you have to do is really say to yourself, like, nobody's comfortable doing this. We're just going to do it anyways. And most of the time, talking to a camera the way that I see it is easier than talking to, you know, three or four people live because Mm -hmm. you're just talking to a camera. There's, they're not going to judge you. This camera is literally a piece of equipment. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have anything, but what that camera records is able to connect with so many people. And that's the biggest thing for me, even with, um, with journalism and with news was the fact that sharing one person's story can connect to so many more people, you know, like my story is my story, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that other people can't relate to that story or find nuggets in that story that they're also like, this is my life, you know? So knowing that by opening yourself up and sharing your story and your business, you are, you're promoting yourself. You're promoting your business and what you're all about. But yeah, just getting mentally, just getting there and being like, I'm just going to do this and have fun with it. Don't take yourself too seriously. You're going to mess up. You're going to have moments where you, the word just doesn't come to Mm -hmm. you. And that's okay because at the end of the day, we're all human, you know, like that, that humanizes you. Were you, I mean, would you still get nervous before you went live on TV? Oh, absolutely. Every single day, every single day, every day, every day. But I think that it's good because it shows that you care, right? Like having nerves for something means that you care about the end result of what that, that thing looks like. And you're excited. I don't know. For me though, I'm also an adrenaline junkie. Uh So that feeling of like, oh my God, I can, as ironic as it is being scared of failure also pushes me because I like that feeling of like the thrill of, oh, I could fail. But if I do good, this could also be so amazing, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally get that. And I love how you said it's um, you're, you're promoting yourself, right? We're business owners. We're, we're going to promote ourselves. We're going to talk about our, our business. But one thing that I look at from being on camera, you said my story, you can draw from my story. You're mm-hmm. sharing your story, mm-hmm. right? Catapult to commissions, you know, the, the family, the show that people who've been following the, the venture were coming up, I don't know, be 200th episode with the next couple months. I mean, it's been three years wow. since the show's been going. Yeah. And everything under the sun. Every reason possible to cancel the show, not to do the show, not to run it has come to mind. But because you said you're promoting business, I'm like, yeah, I use the show to promote my business, but I use the show to share my story. Mm -hmm. And if you're a business owner or you're a sales professional and your story is your product, your service or offering, and you truly believe it makes a difference. Share that. It's yeah, it's what we do. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So you. It's normal. Thank you for making us feel normal. That yeah. I mean, you you are on camera all the time, and you you your background both behind and in front, so it's normal to feel nervous. Mm-hmm. Now, let's let's say tactical. Like, let's say I want to get in there. Is is there any like little nuggets of like, hey, how do I ensure that I come across my best? Yeah, because that's that's a big one. All right, and, and let's just share some vulnerability. For the longest time. Fun fact, Catapult Commissions, the first few shows, I think the first 20 episodes weren't video. They were just audio because I was like, oh, like I'm, I'm too big. I'm not like I, I felt uncomfortable with my own image to mm-hmm. be on video. Mm-hmm. And I look back at those episodes. I, mean, I had some amazing guests, but I don't have video and it drives me crazy. Yeah. But that was real. Like it prevented me from wanting to do that. So how do we appear or come across our best, like technically, like image, look, ain't, mm-hmm. like all the fun stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it goes back to kind of what you were saying, right? Everybody's the biggest thing that I hear is everyone say, I don't want to be on video. I don't, I don't want to see myself on camera. Um, you have to just be yourself. Like there's no one else that you can be at the, at the end of the day, you have to accept the fact that when the camera turns on, it's not going to change the way you look like you are who you are. Um, so do the things that make you happy. If, if we're talking about on a surface level, do the things that, that make you happy, that make you feel good. So I'm not going to go on camera without makeup on. (laughs) Like I want to look good. So I'm going to put my makeup on and I'm going to do my hair in a way that makes me feel confident. Wear things that make you feel confident. Don't Mm. sit there and wear something that's uncomfortable for you just because you're like, oh, this is the buttoned up look that I need to be accomplishing. Like, no, you don't have to do that if that's not you. Um, aside from that, I mean, one of the biggest things that I wrote down is Talk about what caused you to start your business. This is your story. Kind of back to what we were talking about, sharing your story. Um, Because it's what people relate to, right? So no matter what, you could sit there and say, you could get on camera and be like, oh my gosh, Anthony, I'm so nervous to be on camera right now. I 
am breaking out. I know I have a pimple yeah. on the side of my forehead. So sorry, just don't pay attention to that. But you got it out there in the open right off the bat. Mm. So now like that, that thought that would be in your mind, like constantly during your interview is not the only thing at your, on the forefront of your mind because you already got it out there in the open. Mm. And you're like, okay, past that. Here we go. This is what I'm here for, you know, and you're able to then start telling your story. Um, so many times we know that consumers are going to buy anything that they're in the market for, right? True. It doesn't matter. So if you're looking for a pen, I can Google pens and I'm going to find a pen and I'm going to buy it. But what makes me buy this pen over another pen is the fact that this pen is pink. And I know the story behind this pen, you know, where same thing with businesses. Um, your wife, for example, her lash studio, what, what makes it so, so special is the fact that I know the hard work that went into that studio. I know that it was a labor of love. The mm. fact that you guys built that from the ground up literally. Yeah. And, and when I go in there, I know, oh my gosh, so much work was put into this and Ooh. there's so much love that was put into this, you know, and it's a husband and wife team that work together to, to put the studio together. Same thing with restaurants. It's, a family that's in the, in the kitchen cooking together. Like these are their family recipes and, and it all, you only are able to know that about somebody if they share that story. Right. And that's what ends up being interesting. I don't care that this pen is $5 and the other pen is $2. Like that's really not going to do it for me. I'm willing to pay that $5 because I know that it's a local business and you know, it's $5 going towards other local businesses supporting each other. Or maybe you guys donate to a charity or a nonprofit that I find in my heart. I also want to donate mm. to um, this actually, ironically, this necklace. I know that it came in like a FabFitFun box, whatever. But in the, the note for the necklace, it said that funds from this business go towards um, helping women that are in sex trafficking and um, and that whole side of things, human trafficking. And I was like that, you know what? That's really cool. That made me want to go look up this website and find other pieces of jewelry and other things because there's a story to it now. Like it's not just, and I'm not somebody that wants to buy jewelry just like willy nilly. Yeah. Like I don't really like spending my money, but if I know that it's going towards a good cause or I know the story behind it, then I'm more apt to want to do that and go towards that business. You know, I, it's that, I love how you explain that. And you simplify, you bring it down to the story to consumer tangible goods. Mm -hmm. But if I'm a service-based provider, insurance person, real right. estate professional, what, whatever the situation may be, the story of, like, I actually enjoy the stories of someone's trials to success. Yeah. If you think about it, right, let's I'm not going to pretend that I know more about media and cinematography than you, but I would say a good movie is always like, here's the trial. Here's the success. It's Absolutely. Rocky, for example, Rocky has made, I don't know, millions of dollars in money. And now there's Creed. The story is you weren't a good boxer. You got beat up and you win. Mm -hmm. And if you follow that, that storyline, you're like, oh, we care about seeing people succeed. Absolutely. So to hear that, I, I look at it as like, oh, well, if I'm going to be on camera in my business, in my career, and I'm going to talk on camera, it's okay if I'm not polished right away. Absolutely. It makes you more relatable. And you mentioned, you know, insurance brokers or real estate agents. I've talked to many of them. And the thing that we connected to the most is it's like family stories, right? So I've had um, people talk about Medicare and Medi-Cal and I'm like, I'm not that age. Like, I don't know, how do I make this relatable for myself? But then we end up talking about, oh, who would need this in your family? Your grandma, your mom, your aunts, your uncles. And then we sit there and start talking about them. And then we, I would normally bring the conversation down even more and be more casual about it and be like, oh yeah, my tia, my abuela. Like, mm -hmm. you know, then you start really seeing how this impacts families. So for someone that's like insurance or service-based like that, don't be so technical about your services that you provide to people. Break it down. Make it easy to be understood. I always would tell people, like, keep everything at, like, a fifth grade level and you'll be good because people can relate to that. They can understand it. It's easily digestible. We don't need to be sitting there talking about quantum physics mm -hmm. because, sorry, like, we're not in high school yeah. anymore. We're not studying that every single day. You know, like, most of us, it's, it's in one ear and it's out the, the other. By the time, like, that test comes around, you're done with that and you're like, okay, on to the next and it's the same thing here. You don't want to keep, you don't want to make things super technical and difficult to understand. You want it to be super easy, super digestible, fifth grade level, because if a fifth grader can understand it and explain it, then 
you're doing something right. Well, are you, even with that fifth grade analogy, it goes to what we talk about on the show all the time. A confused customer doesn't buy. Like if we confuse somebody, yeah. they are not going to say yes. They're not going to purchase from us. And when we want to attract somebody to listen to us whenever we're on camera, you're saying the same thing. Hey, like don't confuse your person. Like just really simple, mm-hmm. clear, clear, concise messaging. So I love, I love that component of what you're referencing in terms of being comfortable on video and talking. Yeah. Now, let's just say we're on video. Let's, let's, go, let's go paid versus unpaid, right? So, or, okay. or I'm going to go first to free, free media that we're on. Okay. Social media, YouTube, all this fun stuff that everybody can do today. Like instantly we could turn on our video and we can be on YouTube right now. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the mistakes that you see people making in, in video when they're trying to talk about their business or sell their services? And this could be anything from, I don't want to give an answer, anything wrong. Like the reason I share this with you is I want to get your perspective, not only as a media expert and TV personality, but you're also a consumer. So, yeah. so you look at, I mean, you, you look at YouTube, you look at Instagram, you're, you're there. What are some of the mistakes you see where like, ah, I'm just going to scroll past this person because it's not speaking to me anymore. I think right now we're in such a, a society where everything needs to be quick, mm-hmm. right? So we want to know what's being sold immediately, right off the bat. I don't want to sit there for 10 minutes and still not know why am I watching this video? Mm-hmm. Get to the point. Like, tell me exactly what it is that's happening right now. Um, what else doesn't work? Honestly, like there's technical things, poor sound qualities. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. If, if I can't hear you, I'm automatically going to, going to go ahead and skip. Don't have music on behind you. I know sometimes like it's good and like it gives you a vibe, but there's ways to do that in post. Mm-hmm. Like, Edit it in later on and then lower the levels because it's going to distract from what you're saying. Um, having a good background, like all of this sounds so superficial, but it, it matters, unfortunately, to consumers, because if I see a crazy cluttered background, it's like, you know, we, we are the t- we are society where we're looking at like oh, every yeah. detail in yeah. the background. We're like, oh, is that a candle? Oh, I, I have that candle. Oh, who's that in that picture? Um, aside from that, I'd say like when businesses get a little confused on like what they're doing on their social media platform. Like if you're going to use your social media platform for your business, use it for your business. Don't then sit there and mix it up with your personal side of things, unless that is your business. If, if the two coincide, then go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. If you know that that's what your, your clients enjoy seeing and they connect to that. Cool. But also like, know know the time and place for everything. Oh, I, I, you know, it's funny you say that. I always look at the, let's just go down that. You open a Pandora's box and this is <laughs> okay. like a pet peeve oh for me. So I see business owners that are really focused on their business page and they have a good business page, restaurant, attorney, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then comes a weekend and their business page turns aggressively professional. We'll just say it as that. Right. And if that's part of your brand, mm-hmm. I, I've struggled with this myself. Right. So my business is my personal brand, right? right? So I have realized I'm like, I let people see into my life via my social media, my personal brand. Right. Um, there's parts of my personal life that I don't share on social media because I look at it and say, hey, this, this, isn't, this isn't what I need you to see just mm-hmm. yet because I still have clients, I have speaking engagements. But the more you get to know me, you'll like, I enjoy a good tequila. I enjoy a cigar. Like I enjoy traveling with family. I enjoy going to Mexico. I share all of that. Yeah. Where I struggle or I get frustrated with this is people get so tied up to the vanity metrics of social media, the likes, the comments, the engagement, which if you're a social media influencer and you're a social media market, I understand there's, there's value in it. Mm-hmm. But it, it like breaks my heart when I see somebody do something just to hack the algorithm, just to get the engagement. And this goes, all of a sudden a female is posting herself half naked where I'm like, yeah. okay, two weeks ago you were, you know, real estate professional. And now yeah. like, I'm, I can't even scroll past this next to my wife. Cause I'm gonna be like, what am I looking what? at? Yeah. And, right. So it's, it's, it's really frustrating to see us use that like as a method to drive customers. Cause in my opinion, it actually pushes us away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard because I mean, there is a part of your personal life that obviously bleeds into your business yeah. and there's a part of your business that bleeds into your personal life, but it is trying to figure out where the two where the two meet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a gray line. Yeah. Sometimes you need to make that line real, like 
this is black and white. Like this is my personal life and this is my business life. And that's it because you don't want to, you don't want to mix the two. And there's ways to do it properly. Like you said, you like a good tequila, you like to vacation, you're a family Mm. man. Like Mm. there's ways to introduce that into your business without just like throwing out there, like you in Mexico, like there's, there's certain photos and videos to share. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard because if you were to look at my social media and it's interesting because I had a call with, um, with a girl a couple of days ago, actually about a week ago. And she was asking me the same thing. She's like, should I make a different Instagram account for my personal page versus my professional page? And I had told her because for me, I didn't make two separate accounts, Mm -hmm. but it's because who I am is who I am on camera as well. Like, and I've worked hard to keep those two people as one, you know, like who you get is who you see. That's it. I'm very open about it. However, I'm appropriate about it. Like that's always going to be on my mind back to you saying like, I'm not going to sit there and post photos half naked on the beach. Like it's going to be a tasteful photo that I'm going to post. It's not going to be a thirst trap for lack of better words. words. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what you want to be posting, but you can do it in a way that's, that's appropriate for everybody. You want to make sure. And the biggest thing that I always do is like, I have everybody following me from, you know, professionals in my industry to family members. And I want to make sure that it's appropriate for everybody across that spectrum to, to watch. And they're like, they're going to feel comfortable watching it. They're not going to be like, Oh God, what are you posting right now? You know? So that's kind of my self check always is just being like, okay, make sure that this is appropriate for everybody to see. It is cool. Great. We're moving on. Well, and, and I love how you say that because everyone watches it. What hit me recently, my -hmm. daughter, Mm-hmm. She's on social media. So now I'm like, oh boy. Now I'm like, now the out of all the eyes that see me on social media, those are the ones that I'm most concerned. I'm like, yeah. okay, now I have to realize she's she's I'm teaching her at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and here's you, you catapult commission family. Ileana didn't say, hey, don't go and have fun no. and do all, you know, let's let's use the phrase thirst trap. Let's not do the thirst trap, fellows. I'm not telling you don't go out there and, and maybe you have more than one whiskey. Like I'm I get it. But there's certain things that are best kept private. Yes. And there's certain things that are meant for the public eye, as specifically if you're going to use video as a way to leverage sales, like people want to get to know you before they ever buy from you. Mm-hmm. And if the video they see is you in your most unflattering moment, it's going to have a negative impact Absolutely. on you. Okay. So let's, let's, let's do a quick pivot here. So let's use video again. Same scenario. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of business owners. And professionals end up on the news, whether whether you're in my restaurant interviewing me, talking about me, or I'm coming in. You had a lifestyle show. I mean, you you can pick any local news media. You'll see business owners end up on media. Yeah. What makes a business owner on media have a good story to tell versus a bad story? Meaning, hey, I brought you on air, but you you really didn't capitalize on your opportunity because for whatever the reason is. Like, what is the separating factor from a good Media appearance versus bad and, mm-hmm. and catapult commission family. I'm talking about a true media appearance, local news, or like if you, if you end up on the Joe Rogan podcast or something like that. I mean, one of these yeah. main platforms, but help us out with that. Well, I think, first of all, everybody has a story to tell, right? So it's, re- it's recognizing the fact that you have a story and you just have to dig deep. But I will also say, and I know that this is kind of an unpopular opinion, but sometimes the business owner, the CEO is not the person that needs to be on camera. Ooh. And the reason I say that is sometimes, you know, sometimes their story is amazing and they started off with great goals and a mission, but after a while they've, they're a little bit removed from the day to day and the mission of that business. And they're no longer the person that needs to be speaking on it. That's when, you know, you need to think about it and as a business owner and be like, should I talk about this or should I have my marketing girl who is doing this or my marketing guy, my marketing person be the person that comes on and speaks about my business or um, is your CEO somebody that's easily able to be understood or are they, are they so in the thick of it and so like enthralled with, with this idea that it's hard to understand. And they're like, okay, I I love your passion for it, but I don't understand it. Yeah. You know, Um, you need to find out who that person is. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's someone that's like literally like in the thick of, of the business, whatever it might be, of the service that you provide, just someone that can really speak to it and somebody that truly loves the business and you know, like they are a great example. 
that's who needs to be given the opportunity to be on camera for you. Because at the end of the day, yes, it may not be you. And you might be like, oh, I'm the business owner. I want to be the face of this business. But think about what's going to actually be good for you. Like most of the times I've had so many people on the show that will sit there and be like, oh, yeah, our, our CEO da, 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 and talk about them. And that's enough. Like the name gets out there. The CEO's name get out, gets out there and they're talking about their story. But the person telling the story, you can just feel it mm. so much more from than if somebody else like that was a little bit more removed comes on and tells about it. So know who is appropriate to be on air for you and who, okay. who works for you. Um, another thing that I'd say is have notes about what it is that you want to talk about. You see me right here. Like yeah. I literally wrote my notes out. And the big thing for me is I'm a pen and paper person. So I could come in here and have it all on my phone, but I don't like that because especially when you're on air, now you're sitting there and your phone is locked yeah. inevitably. So now you're trying to unlock your phone while you're trying to listen to the person that's talking to you and you're scrolling and trying to see where you are. It's just so much easier to look down at a piece of paper, see like a keyword and be like, oh yes, I wanted to talk about mm -hmm. discovery or whatever, you know, whatever that means to your business. Um, so have your notes. Also, I'd say talk to whoever it is in the business that, you know, is helping you with this media uh, presence and what it is that they want you to talk about. That way you have an idea, but write your own notes. Don't take somebody else's mm. notes with you on air and then be like, okay, it says that I'm supposed to talk about this because you might not be prepared to talk about that subject um, in the same matter that that person that wrote those notes might be able to write it. If you're going to talk about that topic, maybe that's the person that needs to be on camera and it's not you this time. Like just pass it along. And that's also really cool because if you are on a show reoccurring times yeah. and you have a different person on camera each time, that's also really cool because you're showing different people. You're, you're introducing your business and those that work for your business on a platform. So now as a customer, when they go into your business, they could be like, oh, you're Joe. I saw you on yeah. camera last time. Or I saw you on the show last time. And you're Sally and you're, you know, whoever, like I recognize you all. So now this, this customer recognizes five people from your business instead of one person. And now they feel even more connected to you. So knowing who's appropriate for you to be on camera, being prepared for your interview, um, making notes of what to talk about and, and really having your own way about doing it. Right. Don't take somebody else's notes and try to finagle that into your own. Like yeah. you want it to sound like you at the end of the day, we each have our own sound and we each have our own voice and you want your voice to come through for the business. Um, you want, you want your voice to be recognizable. You don't want it to be like, Oh yeah, I said that on TV. Who was that person? Like I didn't even recognize who I was on TV. Yeah. Like that's not what you want. Well, it's being authentically yourself is what mm -hmm. I'm hearing. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I can only be me. You can only be you. Like, yeah. So I can't be another version of somebody else. I'm going to be myself. But hearing everything you share right there, do you recommend practicing? Like, like, I know if someone says, hey, what exactly does catapulting commissions do? Like, I, I've, I've worded that so many times. Mm -hmm. But some of these business owners, they're just so skilled at their business. They're not used to explaining it. Like, do you recommend yes. practicing before you get on camera? Yes. And it's actually, it's funny because I asked, I asked my husband this last night. I said, do you have anything that I think that you think I should add to like my notes? And he goes, perfecting your elevator pitch. And huh. I was like, yeah, simple enough. It is that, but it's such a different mind, right? Mindset, because being in this creative space, I don't necessarily think about it as a, as a elevator pitch, but being more business minded, that's what it's known as. It's your elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. Perfect that. And that's exactly what it is. It's practicing, but practice in a way that it doesn't sound rehearsed because yeah. you don't want to get on and be like, my name is Ileana Capion and I am a TV person. Like, no, <laughs> like <laughs> just be normal. We're having a conversation. Yeah. Hey, Anthony, like if I were to sit here and ask you, what is catapulting commissions? Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to tell me, right? Correct. And you're not going to sit there and it's not going to be robotic and sound super rehearsed. It's going to be casual and conversational because you know, in and out what catapulting commissions is. Correct. And that's what it, it comes back to. Like you said, being authentically yourself and being, being a person on TV, like just be normal because at the end of the day, that's what connects to people. Um, you being able to explain what it is that you do in an easy to understand way and a way that's just like, that's it. Like yeah. we provide this service and what can that service do for you? Well, like think about it. Let's break it down. Let's, let's be real about this. What, why is it beneficial to have insurance? Well, you know, your son or daughter just broke their leg. Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, thank God there's insurance for that. You know, like there's make it relatable for everybody. Yeah. I, I think is hearing this practicing 
respecting the elevator pitch, making it relatable to everybody, and just truly simplifying the message is what I mean. You naturally just simplified a message. You you mm-hmm. simplify it just I think at this point automatically because it's it, we're just communicating we're having that dialogue. So I appreciate you sharing that insight. So catapult commissions family, if you're listening here and you're trying to put a bow tie on this, when you get your on camera opportunities, be prepared, practice, be clear on what you want to discuss. Right. And the same principles we always talk about confused customers don't buy. So don't get on the news and try something you've never done before. Right. That, that hurts. I've seen people just butcher their opportunities. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I had also said something about the fact that being on the news, being on lifestyle shows, you know, you mentioned it. Sometimes you're going to have paid opportunities and sometimes you're mm-hmm. going to have on unpaid opportunities where you just get approached and they want you to be on camera and you don't have to pay. Sometimes you're going to be, you know, a sales member is going to reach out to you and be like, hey, would you like to advertise with our with our station, with our company? And in instances like that, I really suggest you try to talk to the host or the producer of the show. Try to talk to somebody aside from your account executive that's handling the account to try to figure out an idea as to like what is good to present on the show. Because sometimes you'll have a show and they'll tell you, you know, like write out questions that you want our host to ask you mm-hmm. or, or topics that you want to talk about. And that's great. But you also need to be able to go with the flow, right? Because what happens when you get into that conversation naturally and you have questions one, two, and three. But question one also has like a one A that the mm. host thinks about yep. because that's the way conversation goes. You're never going to sit there and be like, okay, Anthony, I put these three stars. We haven't got there yet. Yeah. Like we need to be on this third star at that point. So you need to be able to go with the flow and be natural with it. Um, going back to talking to the host and, and talking to your producers, they're the ones that are creatively thinking about the show. They're the ones that are constantly sitting there, like trying to make the show look good and be appealing to viewers. So they're the ones that are going to give you the best insights as far as what you should be doing. So if you're a restaurant, don't just talk about your food on air mm-hmm. and talk about how great it is. Bring it in, show it, encourage the guest or the host to like take a bite of your food. Like maybe, maybe instead of doing a typical sit down interview, you guys are sharing a meal and literally like talking and eating at the same time. I remember one time we did like a hot wings challenge where it was, it was fun. It was something new to try where I'm going to sit here and take a bite of this hot wing and the challenge is for me as a host to be able to get through asking you this question as I'm trying like this flavor of a hot wing, but it makes it fun, right? Because now viewers are into it because they're either loving the fact that I'm sitting here sweating bullets mm-hmm. because I tried to take a bite of something that's way too hot. Um, and they find that entertaining, but not just that. Now they're like, oh, that's so funny. Where can I get those wings at? Or I want to try this on my own or, yeah. you know, like, so talk to your hosts and producers because they have creative ideas for you. Um, bringing in props, bringing in things to showcase. A lot of times uh, shows are going to ask you for photos, um, videos, anything that helps showcase who you are as a business. And so that goes to tell you, you know, media is important for you to have because you're going to want to showcase that. Nobody wants to be on camera for four minutes or 30 minutes straight. You want to be able to be like, okay, we're going to take her off the camera and we're going to have a photo of you know, what she's talking about up here. So if you guys are involved in charities, have photos of you guys at these charity functions. Or um, if you're involved in the city council, have photos of that, have videos, have like videos are so important. And I don't think people understand that. And it does not have to be professional grade video. It can literally be your phone. Hmm. Just take your phone out and record a video. And if you have your phone, like here's a a huge tip. I know like we went on vacation and I told you, I was like, Turn your phone horizontally like so that because that fills the screen of a TV, of a monitor, whatever it is. It fills your screen with the entire thing that's going on versus just having it, you know, vertically. And it's like just straight up and down. Now you can edit around that. Like whoever's running the show can edit around that. But that's just kind of like a cute little tip for you to have if you're going to want to share your stuff like and it's going to be on TV. A horizontal screen is is the best screen to have. Um, But yeah, just having enough media to cover everything. I, I love that. I love the horizontal screen. Having the media is super helpful. Catapult Humans family, here's my hack on that. If you're recording on video, and if you're truly like have a mirrorless or, or DSL camera or you're creating content, I just shoot everything in 4K wide mm-hmm. because I know in post we can edit it to make fit the vertical. So yeah. I, that was a hack I learned a couple months ago. It's been like such a game changer. Um, <laughs> so, Ileana, last question, right? We're going to come short on time here. What's next for you? Like, 
You have so much going on. You've shared so much inside. I have to ask you on air. Will you come back on the show? Of course. All right, I'm gonna hold you accountable for that. <laughs> and two, what's next for you? Like, what's what's the future look like for you? Where, where and and how does the Catapult Commission family just follow you? Like, say something like, "Hey, I just want to see what Ileana does," and like just yeah. learn about her. All that fun stuff. Gosh, that's such a loaded question, you know? That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Anthony with the hard hitters. <laughs> um, so you guys can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, at Ileana Capion. And um, I know people are like, oh my gosh, how do you spell that? So it's I-L-Y-A-N-A. Last name is C-A-P-E-L-L-A-N. And yeah, that's my name on all social media platforms. What's next? Literally just to keep growing. Um, so I'm here in Bakersfield right now. and that means that the next step for me is LA. My husband works in LA. My family's all based in Orange County. So yeah, that's next for me. I, I'm I'm speaking it into existence right now. I'm going Good. to be uh, moving to LA here soon. So catch me on the screen in LA. So oh my cool. goodness. Yes. Ileana <laughs> is a friend uh, of my family. She's a friend of my wife. I mean, I'm friends with her husband. So it's, I don't want to see you move from Baker. So, but we'll be back. We wish you nothing but abundant success. I appreciate your time joining the show today. Catapult to Commission's family, you will get the opportunity to connect with Ileana. Her links to her bio, uh, her, her links to her social media is all on the show notes below. And do me a favor, guys. If you found value in today's episode, go ahead and smash that like button, comment, let me know your thoughts. And if you have questions on how to maximize your opportunity on media, how to use social media, video, or anything in that capacity, throw it in the comments below. And we'll be sure to address it in the future. Love you guys, and I will see you next week. Catapulting Commission's family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commission's podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.